Hey guys, thanks for joining us for this 160th episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. Special guests on this episode include psychotherapist Megan Devine. We'll talk about her new podcast, Hereafter with Megan Devine. We'll talk with actress and writer Emily Marie Palmer about her new movie, The Last Sun, available tomorrow. We'll visit with lead singer AJ Popoff from Lit. We'll talk about the new podcast, also the single My Own Worst Enemy, now double platinum. They've got some new music and more. And we'll visit with singer-songwriter and friend of the show, Mary Sarah, about her Christmas version of Take Me Home Country Roads. We'll talk about her first Christmas as a mom, her upcoming shows, music, and more. Of course, if you would, please take the time to subscribe, comment, leave some feedback, check out the shop, and of course, share with your friends. Now, every year, Grubhub releases their list of the trendiest delivery foods based on the biggest jump in popularity from the previous year. 2019 was all about the healthier plant-based foods. And in 2020, people threw healthy eating out the window and went for unhealthy comfort foods. This year, a little bit of both. The top 10 this year are Impossible Cheeseburgers, Shredded Pork Tacos, Apple Pecan Chicken Salad, Detroit-style Pizza, Margaritas, the drink, not the style of pizza, pub mac and cheese, pork dumplings, chicken burritos, poke nachos, and lettuce wraps, which doesn't scream satisfying. Just saying. Got a podcast to talk about called Here After with Megan Devine. And Megan mentioned this before we came on. I think this was just scheduled to help me out. So we're going to help others as well. Thanks for your time. Absolutely, Cameron. And, and I love the the premise of the show and telling folks what to do, how to find different ways to cope when things are not going wrong. And Megan, where did your interest in that? I mean, podcast wise, when did this come for you? Mm, podcast wise, gosh, podcasting has been on my list for a number of years. Uh, and it finally came together with an amazing team this year. The, the need for me to get this conversation out on a really wide scale like that it's so important to me to open up these conversations in any ways I can. So like any format <laughs> I will do, but I love, I love the podcast medium because it gives us a chance to really dive into the messiness of being human and how hard it is to be here sometimes and to take what is a really daunting subject for a lot of people and make it approachable. Um, sometimes even fun to talk about. I, I think that's how we get people to talk about tough things is we make it, approachable. And and for you, Megan, what is what was maybe the eye-opening uh, response that you received from an episode that made you really realize, yes, you were on the right track, that what you were doing really was making a difference, if you will? I would probably say, so we just came out with episode one this week, so there's not a lot of history to look at for which episode really, <laughs> really did it for me. I would say, though, that just last night I saw a, a comment from somebody who works as a social worker in a hospital setting, and they listened to episode one, and they said, you know, I listened to this as a grieving person, as somebody going through a tough time, and it was amazing and really helpful. But I got to tell you that as a social worker, I felt heard in a way that I haven't felt heard ever. And I listened to it twice. And then I shared it with all of my colleagues and we all listened to it. And to me, like that is what we're going for. Like, let's help the helpers by acknowledging the reality of they are humans doing a very difficult job and they want to show up and be 
uh, kind and full of care for the people that they care for. And we got to talk about how hard that is, too. And and dealing with with the pains that they have to deal with and see firsthand on a daily basis, how surprising is it to you how resilient they've been in spite of the lack of support some of them have had over the last couple of years? Oh, gosh. Resilience is a really big, big term for me, but I'm not going to dive into it too much. But I, I think we often call people resilient um, when what we really need to talk about is why do they have to suffer so many things when they're just mm. trying to do their jobs? Um, but I, I think at the core of most helpers is a really big heart. They got into this work um, in healthcare or in mental health care because they really care about other people. And having that passion and having that drive makes you tolerate a lot of intolerable things for a very long time. And, and what we're seeing now are the, the cracks in trying to show up with your whole heart and do the work that you believe in and deliver the service that you most want to deliver in a system that doesn't support you doing that. And when you talk about grief, obviously the holiday season for folks that have had losses in the the past year, two years, myself, we lost my brother a year ago, still the Mm -hmm. holidays just, it's hard to feel celebratory. How, How can folks maybe make their lost loved ones a part of maybe a new Christmas tradition. Is that maybe a way to kind of move past? I love that. And I'm sorry your brother died. The second holiday season after somebody you love dies can actually be harder than the first. So I don't know if you're experiencing that or if anybody listening is experiencing that. But if that's true for you, it is very, very normal. It's almost like, oh, gosh, we have to do this. Mm. Like this is permanent. And for a lot of people, year two is when that permanence really starts to take root. So I love what you just brought up there. Like, can we develop a whole new holiday tradition? The answer is yes. You can do whatever feels right for you and your family. There are no rules. Now, you lost one person in your family, but each individual member of your family lost somebody different, Mm. right? Because everybody Mm. had a different relationship with your brother. And that means that everybody's needs and grief responses are going to be different. So a great thing to do in a, in a family around the holiday time where you're missing somebody who isn't there is to have a little conversation about, you know, this holiday season is rough. What are we all feeling like for the holidays? Somebody might want all of the same old traditions and that's fine. Somebody might want to not pay attention to the holidays at all, right? <laughs> the point here is not consensus because consensus is really hard. Like there's, uh, I think episode two, which comes out on Monday next week is all about getting through the holidays. But the, the goal here is to really find out what people are needing for this holiday season. And can we work together to make a collaborative holiday that meets the needs of some people without deciding, like you might have one person in your family is like, no, we need to be more festive than ever before, (laughs) which is great. But if you think that everybody wants that, we're probably going to be wrong in some instances. So I, I guess my point here is to open the conversation and that whatever you personally need for your holiday season to help your heart, that's a great thing to do. And Megan, in, in your studies and, and in your work as well, are, are you seeing that as a result of the pandemic, are people having a harder time or an easier time opening up emotionally now? Oh, that's a great question. So this is a question that I get asked quite frequently, like with all of the losses over the last couple of years, have we gotten better at grief? And my answer is no. I don't think we've gotten better at grief. I think we've started to realize the ways that we talk about grief don't work. 
one of the things that's happened over the last couple of years is that everybody has lost something, Mm -hmm. whether that is a daily sense of routine or normalcy or jobs or a sense of self in the world up to and including obviously the loss of one or more family members. Everybody has lost something. And I think what that's done is really get a large percentage of the population understanding that cheering people up, telling them to buck up and be strong and move on. The things that we always say to people when they're going through a hard time ring really hollow when they're applied to you. So I don't think we've gotten better at grief yet. I think that we are ready to have the conversation about what better might look like. There you go. Well, Megan, I always want to make sure and let folks know where they can find, obviously, the podcast, uh, your other writings and works as well, social media wise. Yeah. So you can find the podcast anywhere you get podcasts, including on the iHeartMedia app. It is Hereafter with Megan Devine, available everywhere with new episodes every Monday. You can find information about clinical trainings and those sorts of things on megandevine.co. You can also find grief information, support ways to find out if you're normal inside your grief at <laughs> refugeingrief.com and on all the social media channels at Refuge in Grief. You can also check out the book, It's Okay That You're Not Okay, wherever you get your books. All right. Well, Megan, again, thank you for your time today. I, I look forward to checking out the podcast myself and, and I d- wanted to say also love the writing that you've done before as well. Oh, thank you so much. If you just decorated your place for the holidays and your internet suddenly sucks, I may know why. Putting anything in front of your router can cause issues, especially big things like a Christmas tree. Something that big can block the signal and wreck your internet speed, so if your tree is blocking your line of sight to your router, move the router or the tree. Lights and tinsel can make it even worse. When the radio waves your router pumps out hit tinsel, They bounce off and scatter, which can slow your Wi-Fi down. The same can happen with ornaments, too. Now here is another tip. Plugging your lights and router into the same outlet also isn't a great idea, according to experts, especially if the lights twinkle or flash. Having them in the same outlet raises the chances of your connection dropping out. Got a brand new movie in uh, going to be available tomorrow. The Last Son. You know her from Cobra Kai, other things as well. Emily Marie Palmer with us today. And first off, Emily, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Now tell us uh, a brand new movie out there, The Lost Son. If folks haven't seen the, the trailers, the previews, give our, our listeners just a little insight into the new film. Sure. It follows the story of an outlaw who's played by Sam Worthington, and he believes that his bloodline is cursed. And so he is on a journey across the West to track down his children and to kill them before they can wreak havoc. And he also believes that he's destined to be killed by one of his children. So so he's trying to, he's racing to kill them before they can kill him. So that's the setup. So it's it's uh, just your regular Christmas movie, right? Just a nice family friendly watch. Yes. <laughs> now tell us, tell us, uh, Emily, about your character Megan in in the film as well. Yeah, so Megan is one of the people that he suspects may be one of his children, and so um, so he's trying to track her down. And she she's an interesting character to me because she's grown up on the harsh frontier with her parents, you know, struggling to survive. And so she's grown up strong and it's made her very independent and tough, but she also has this innocence about her and this freshness and curiosity. So, so when she meets this 
intriguing stranger, um, it really, I think, awakens her curiosity about him and about the, the world kind of beyond her own little isolation. So so she's she's a fun, fascinating character. And the cast, it's it's got a, uh, a wide array of, of actors and, and musicians even in, involved in this one. And tell us about uh, working yeah. with the cast, and, and was this pre-pandemic or, or during pandemic? This was during the pandemic, so we shot last October, and it was actually the first project that I had worked on, and probably many of us had worked on since the pandemic started, and so, so I had a, a very healthy dose of paranoia that I was going to somehow you know, get COVID and shut the whole production down. <laughs> every day I was terrified of that, but but um, we had to get tested every couple days, and unfortunately there were no no outbreaks. We did, we did really well, and I think that was helped by the fact that we were all isolated out on this beautiful ranch in Montana, so not not much chance of transmission way out there. So so we shot in October, and um, as far as the cast, yeah, we, we do have a wonderful wonderful star-studded cast of really talented people and my character is kind of a lone wolf and and if you see the film you'll see she's kind of on her own journey throughout it and so um, several of the actors I never got to directly work with. I did meet them on set but but we didn't have scenes together and the actor that I worked with most was Sam Worthington and um, really enjoyed that. And Emily, how much different is is the process now? Uh, how much have you had to evolve acting-wise because of all that the world's been involved in this last couple of years? You know, I think in some ways I was fortunate that it didn't change as much for me as for some actors because I, I don't currently live in Los Angeles, and so most of the time when I audition for a project, I'm making a tape, they call it a self-tape, and I'm sending it off to casting, and I, I'm not auditioning in person. And, I'm, and so for people in L.A. who suddenly had to start taping at home and figure out how to do that themselves, there's a big a big change in the time of, of so much you know turmoil and change. So I was fortunate in that way that I kind of already had a handle on that. Um, but on set, of course, there's big changes, and everyone is distancing and wearing masks and, and it's, it's getting a little bit different now that most people are vaccinated but um, but it, it's certainly the first time I was on set having to wear a mask 24-7 unless you're you're on camera shooting was definitely a big change. <laughs> <laughs> and was it easier to stay in character being ready for your lines if you will? Mm, because of COVID or? Because of the masks and, and, and just kind of having to keep to yourself. You know it I could see that helping, although we were we were already out in Montana, and I had so much space to wander off and, and be on my own. So, so I don't know that the masks had uh, much of an effect, so much as the environment. For you, Emily, what uh, what what's the next project coming up for you? Uh, how much are you looking forward to uh, 2022 as well? Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. I I have a good feeling about it, so I'm excited to see what's ahead and. At the moment, this time of year, the industry always kind of quiets down a bit, and so um, I'm taking this time to finish a screenplay that I'm working on. I also write, and so I'm very excited about that project as well. And how much different is uh, is release day tomorrow, and, and how excited are you for uh, to, to get the response back from the viewers as well? I'm really looking forward to it. I, I just saw the film for the first time myself last week at the premiere, and the way that we shot it was very improvisational. We we did follow the script, but we also the director and um, Sam Worthington they they both kind of liked to play around a lot and improvise a lot. And so, up until last week, I had no idea what was going to be in the film. <laughs> I thought we shot this so many different ways; it could be anything. So, so um, it was fun to see the final product, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it's received. 
That's right. Again, uh, be sure and check it out. The Last Sun available coming up tomorrow. And Emily, always want to make sure and let our listeners know where they can keep up with everything you've got going social media wise as well. Thank you. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm, I'm generally fairly active on it. And it's, my username is just my full name, Emily Marie Palmer. And I'm also on Twitter, but I update that probably once every two years. <laughs> <laughs> so Instagram's the place to be. For now, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Well, again, check out the new movie, The Last Sun, this weekend. And Emily, thank you again for your time. Thanks so much, Cameron. It was great to be here. Now, if you want to avoid arguments in your car, pay attention and listen, because I swear it's for your benefit. An annual survey looked at the top things that cause arguments in the car, or carguments, and arguing over which radio station to pick made the top 10. Now, the top five things that caused car fights this year were backseat driving, getting lost, messing with the heat or air conditioning, bad driving habits like speeding, and whose directions to follow, like if two people are using different GPS apps. Now, the rest of the top 10 are which radio station to pick, who gets to choose the music in general, leaving windows up or down, kids or other passengers being too loud, and where to stop during a long trip. Since backseat driving ranked first, they also looked at the top signs you're a backseat driver. The top five are criticizing their driving in general, telling them to change lanes, giving directions without being asked, complaining about their speed, and flinching or shouting like they're about to cause a crash. We're going to talk not only about a single that has been certified double platinum 21 years after the initial release, plus got a podcast to talk about, My Own Worst Enemy, the podcast. We've got AJ Popoff with us today. And AJ, first off, thank you so much for your time, brother. Your time. Now tell us when did when did the idea the podcast what brought you guys the inspiration to jump in the the podcasting realm if you will? Well, the podcast thing came about um, it w- wasn't our thing. Um, in fact, we we had it was kind of cool to not have any really any creative input or control on it. It was more um, outside perspective on a song that you know changed our lives and had you know came out. Decades ago, a couple decades ago, which is crazy to say, but you know, the the just the, the lasting power that that song has had, and it it's still to this day kind of mind-boggling. Uh, you know how it's it's still played on the radio, probably almost as much as it was in you know ninety nine two thousand, and it's um, you know the the crazier part about it, I think, is just the the karaoke phenomenon and the, the cover bands and whether you're a you know a country cover band or rock or pop that we we always see these you know they're always busting it out it's we get text messages on a you know weekly basis from multiple people out drunk and filming a cover band playing it's just it's just a song that is you know it, it it's weird to think that um we're trying to figure out what's so special about the song because when we wrote it it was literally you know guys in a warehouse young young dudes drinking beer and it it was one of the easier songs we had ever written. It just sort of um, almost wrote itself. But but the podcast just dives a little deeper into, you know, they they interview everybody from peers, guys, uh, you know, guys in huge rock bands that we looked up to growing up that are talking about us and and the song and um, industry peers and uh, program directors from radio stations and you know it was just interesting to to as a band listen as an outsider to 
the way that song has affected industry people and the business in general and, and of course, us. So it's, it's done. I'm not usually a podcast guy, but, you know, I listened to it for the first time, and yeah, it, it was definitely, you know, I got choked up at times, and it was just done in a really cool way. And if you don't know much about Lit, all you know is My Armor's Enemy. It might be a really cool way for you, to, for, you know, fans or, or just music fans in general to discover how that whole thing came about. AJ, how mind-blowing is it for you? I know you kind of touched on it a little bit, but 21 years it's been out there and still fresh. I mean, we've got we've got three radio stations here, and I play you on two of them. That's awesome, man. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. It, it, it's still, like I said, it still blows our minds. We're still, you know, when I, I hop in the car, whether it's to, you know, go to a rehearsal or go to the grocery store, and any time the song comes on, I still, it, like, Kind of like almost like startles you, like you, almost like when you see someone out in the grocery store, someone that's familiar. But I like it catches my ear, and I'll crank it up, and I still get like the chills. You know what I mean? It's 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 awesome. I thought you would think after all these years you would get used to it, or it would get you know wear off. But obviously, it's not like the first time I ever heard myself on the radio. But it's it's just still such a great feeling. Now, what do you still remember that first time you heard yourself? Oh yeah, I mean that's something that you know we'll never forget. I don't think anybody who's uh. You know, it's, it's, it's a literally a, a dream come true, and it's like you're living it. So when, when you know, obviously when that happens, it's it's the most extreme rush of adrenaline and emotions that I, I could possibly describe. But my, I was with my bass player. We were at my, at my parents' house in, in the Orange, California, and we knew we were, we were about to um, venture out on tour. So we we were kind of, you know, we had been going, like, to the gym together. And like, we're embarking on, a, on an adventure we had never <laughs> ever ever experienced so we knew we had to be ready for it um so we were you know we were at the, in my living room and we had the radio station turned on and we were just you know trying to get pumped and and we heard like you know a new music commercial and it and it was new music from blah 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 the offspring and lit and it played a little clip of our song and we're like holy shit like <laughs> it's already they're going to be playing our song today or what and sure enough after the commercial we were the first song out of the commercial into um into my own enemy, and we literally like tackled each other, and we were just, you know, can you believe it? Holy crap! Now, did you guys know when you finished that writing session? Did you know there was something extra special there? Uh, we, we honestly, it, it, it felt we, we were digging it. It wasn't anything like no special sparks, or you know, it didn't, it didn't really, you know, it wasn't like when you you, you meet the love of your life, and you're like, oh, you're the one. <laughs> uh, we, we we were just it was just a, a you know one of the nights we were at, at rehearsal and we were just we were right we were always we were I felt like we were just always on a high we were just we just all have always but still do just love what we're doing and and that song was just had a little more of like a bounce to it than anything else we had been doing so we were digging that but otherwise you know we just we just couldn't wait to play it live that's cool now tell what what is your personal favorite of uh, from your catalog is it my own worst enemy or is it the one that you just kind of like we gotta play it but not doesn't have the same feeling as before um you know we we don't really put songs in the playlist that we're not that we don't love playing mm-hmm. um, there are definitely songs that translate you know that don't translate as well live for whatever reason whether it's an energy thing or or whatnot but we we just Usually, there's songs that we have tried live, and then we'll be like, "Ah, that didn't feel that rad." So let's let's leave it out. But um, no, I still, you know, in my understanding, has obviously a, a special place in our hearts, and um, it, it's you would think that even you know something like that that you hear all the time and play all the time, it would get old, and, and it doesn't live because the energy is so amazing. But 
Um, but no, man, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's anything that's going to get a, re, a reaction from the crowd is always, you know, is always fun to play. Now, for for you, how have you been able to stay so youthful? Uh, the song itself is is at drinking age, and and how do you keep yourself still looking so young? Oh man, I I don't know. I you know I, I'm I'm getting older, uh, but I, I I think I think it's just and I it it, it if you compared pictures from me in '99 to now, you can you can definitely see that I've gotten older. <laughs> but um, but but man, I tell you, music playing is just continuing to play shows. Um, continue. I, I, I think maybe it's just being passionate about anything so much keeps anyone young. I think young at heart, young and if you keep if you're excited to wake up and do something, you're gonna it's gonna show. That's right. And again, want to remind you check out the podcast, My Own Worst Enemy, the podcast uh, presented by Road Hill Round Hill Music. That is. And uh, AJ always want to make sure and let our listeners know where they can find everything about lit tour dates, uh, upcoming music releases, any of that. Where's the best place to keep up? I mean, we're 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 on the Instagram and and you know social media stuff. The Lit Band official, um, LitBand.com. Uh, but there's there's a you know, if you go to our Instagram there's always there's a little a link tree link and that'll take you to real easy access to the podcast the new video for you know our single yeah 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 that just came out and um, and tour dates all that good stuff. That's good. Well, AJ, again, I, it's a privilege to have the chance to visit with you today, sir. Been a fan of your music for the 21 years, and hopefully you have a oh, happy holiday that. season. And uh, hope maybe we can catch up next year, brother. Okay, you too, sir. Merry Christmas. Now, three in five Americans say they're more exhausted than ever. And the average worker says they hit the wall at 1.04 p.m. every day, so just after lunch. Now, the top reasons that we're always tired include bad sleep, long hours, too much screen time, our kids zapping all our energy, all the fact that the pandemic is still making things more complicated in general. So what will you do when you hit the wall at 1.04 p.m. tomorrow? Well, the poll looked at the top things that give us a boost of energy at work, and here are the top five. Number one, chit-chatting with a co-worker. 49% of people said random conversations with friends at work tends to perk them up. Number two, getting up and walking around for a few minutes. Number three, a change of scenery. Number four, leaving your desk to get coffee or food. And number five, having a structured routine in general, so you can tick things off your list and know you're getting through your day. I talk about friends of the show being back on the show. Mary Sarah, one of the friends of the show. She's been on so many times. She's actually in our poster on the background. I don't want to move too much because the camera will be looking at my shoes again, Mary. It's hilarious. No, I love it. But I so love that you have me on your wall. I feel so honored. <laughs> and what I was going to tell you about that earlier is that you signed our wall over here and we were looking through signatures the other day. Yours has evaporated over the years. So, though, I, but I still have the one on the poster. 
So there we go. It's evaporated. Seriously, it we have to get you a new gone. one. I know. <laughs> That's crazy. I told you earlier too, if you're hearing anything in the background, it's my apartment building. They're new. They're doing crazy things around here. So it's the quietest place I could actually find. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's it's ambiance. It's ambiance. It's life, it's, right? <laughs> it's beautiful. It's the background noise that I love to hear. <laughs> now, how excited are you to have the, uh, the, the new Christmas music out there? And what was it about Take Me Home Country Road? for you? Well, first off, I am so excited about it. Um, I have only, I think I've only ever released one other thing, which was rocking around the Christmas tree with a uh, Martin family um, for Christmas. So this is like my second time around, which is really awesome to be able to release too. Um, but the idea for it came back in uh, 2018. Mm. So I worked with Boot Barn as a company and they wanted Take Me Home Country Roads for their commercial mm. and just the regular version. They just wanted me to cover it. And so they could put it on their commercial. And uh, it was just around the holiday time that we ended up in the studio to do that. And I was thinking already with my team. I was like, what are we going to do for Christmas? Are we going to release anything? Um, and we, we actually did kind of a soft release of this, but this is mm -hmm. actually, we, I feel like it needed to be pushed a whole lot more. And so this is our, a bit of a re-release in a way, but nobody really knew that I released it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was the idea though. Um, in the studio, I just kind of thought, man, Christmas time is coming around and like singing the lyrics I was like, this just sounds like a bit of a Christmas song, at least for me, because I grew up in Texas, mm -hmm. which like country roads all the way. And <laughs> I live in Nashville now. And so every holiday season, it's always like I want to be back home and with my family and friends and that nostalgic feeling. And so when we decided to put the Christmas spin on it, uh, it just felt kind of right. Mm -hmm. And working with Kent Wells to do that, it, we wanted to do it tastefully, too. Because, you know, it's a classic song. So mm. you don't want to, you do not want to cheese up John Denver. <laughs> so how much different does Christmas look for you this, uh, this go around? So I have an 11 month old. <laughs> and not too long after, she's going to be one on January 6th. So not too long after Christmas, but this will be our first Christmas with her. So of course you got to know that all of our family on either side, they're like, we want her for Christmas. We want her for Christmas. And they're like, it's no longer about us anymore. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so we'll be definitely traveling around. He, uh, Mitch's family is in Virginia. And so that will be there, I think, over Christmas. And then before that, I'll be in Texas because I am doing a show uh, on the 21st in Houston. Um, so that'll be a little bit of a Christmas show, which is exciting. Um, and yeah, so that's that's it does look different for sure this year as far as Christmas goes. <laughs> now, now, Mary, I, I don't think we've spoken. Uh, I don't think we've spoken during COVID. So what how yeah. how has COVID the uh, I know that slowed things down for folks. Folks, how, how was the momentum? I mean, I know you had momentum really going. How yeah. hard is it to get that back, if you will, after all the slowdown? Oh, man. Well, I will say I think we took advantage of COVID pretty well. Hint, baby. But <laughs> <laughs> so, so we had our hands full during the COVID, COVID time. So, But as far as music goes, you know, it was kind of nice, I think, for a lot of artists to Get a, and I know it was a bit of a forced break, mm -hmm. um, but for me, it was actually really good because it 
helped me to see why I do what I do and just kind of reminisce on like the busier times and, and what I really want my life to look like. And now that we have the little one, you know, what's that look like with music? And, um, you know, I did have a little bit of momentum prior to the craziness of COVID, but you know, momentum is funny. Uh, you know, obviously, as soon as you start getting it, you don't really want to let it go. Um, so we've, I just, with everything that I've done lately, I've just kind of let it naturally happen. You know, there's no, I'm not really forcing anything. I don't want to. And I just believe that when you just let things happen naturally, it's, it's how it's meant to be. Um, I think we can try to force a lot of things in our own lives. And so I, I always just trust the Lord with all that. Cause he's got a plan. So I'm like, always like, Lord, whatever, whatever you want, I'm just, I'll put the song out. If it does good, it does good. If it doesn't, it's fine. You know, really just kind of letting go and, and I guess letting God. <laughs> exactly. How has your vision changed having a little one? I, I know how our lives and how our emotions changed. How is, how has that been for you and, and, and how has it, it changed your writing? as well oh my gosh well she has I had purpose before but the amount of purpose like I I don't think people understand really until you have a kid (laughs) what it means to have true purpose and so it's definitely changed in that matter you know I grew up listening to classic country music and a lot of the classic country artists um hence Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard and Tanya Tucker they're taking their kids on the road is what was normal for Mm -hmm. their lives and that's kind of what I envision with Avalyn we call her traveling Avalyn she's (laughs) already flown 19 times so she's she's making her way around the world and uh so that's what i kind of envision with it she already loves music and everything and you know i won't be mad if she doesn't want to do music i can't not i will not be that parent (laughs) so if she wants to be some professional soccer player or whatever it is i'm totally fine with that but she has shown some tendencies towards loving the music and Mm -hmm. whenever we sing certain songs she she's got this like specific dance she does now and she's yeah so she's shown little signs of it so we'll see maybe we'll be a little like a family band who knows now now, how have you taken advantage of the tiktok craze that everybody's been a part of uh, musician wise i so tiktok has been a little harder for me and it has what's i don't know if it's that i'm an old soul because i don't think i'm old i'm 26 (laughs) so you would think i would be in like my prime time for that or at least like right at the end of it but I like when I first got into TikTok, I was like, how, how do you do this? I felt so old. <laughs> I, it was crazy. So I, you know, I try my best as far as doing TikToks, but I've done the Instagram reels, which have turned pretty, pretty dang good recently. And I've worked with country rebel and they're releasing a lot of, uh, a lot of videos and stuff on mm-hmm. Instagram reels. So I've, I mean, I think one of my videos has like half a million views wow. on it and it's like, okay. It's the most random stuff that goes viral. So it's not like the music things like those have, you know, they're like hitting like 20,000 views and things like that. But the random ones, if you go on my Instagram, you'll see it's like some random trend that's happening and that's got half a million views on it. (laughs) So it's, there's really, to me, there's no really like rhyme or reason to it. It's just kind of like be yourself and have fun with it and um, I'm goofy. So I, I definitely, uh, my vision for this next year is to focus a little more on that. Um, so people can kind of see, 
uh, a side of me that they don't get to see that often, which is really cheesy. <laughs> we, th- those of us that know you, we, we, we expect the cheese from you, right? Yeah. Yeah. It just oozes at times. So I, <laughs> I can't contain it. <laughs> yeah. I know you've had the opportunity, like you mentioned earlier, to work with some amazing artists, some that have really poured into your life. And, and I'm, I'm taking yeah. back, I believe it was the Oak Ridge Boys was kind of where yeah. you first had that, uh, felt that there was something special for you and yeah how much do you rely on the feedback from folks like that with with moves that you make even now thinking about how they would treat the uh, treat the industry all the time i mean it's always i lean back on advice that i've been given through the years through these legendary artists i mean in any circumstance that i face i I tend to remember whether it was Ray Price, who is, you know, he, he said, appeal to your fans, you know, and, and when it comes to shows, know where you're at, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, there's so many, there's so many different things that I, I think now it's just ingrained in me to really go back to. Um, but at the same time, like the Oak Ridge boys, they were such a mentorship that I had at that time too. Um, and every artist, you know, with, with the limited time we did have, um, it, it really impacted me a whole lot. And so, um, I do, I go back all the time with that kind of stuff to, to make moves because they're, they've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. And that's my (laughs) advice to anybody is if if you want to get to a next level, meet somebody who's been there. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how does the goal setting after all of this has happened? I mean, how has, how do you have to realistically set goals for 2022 now? It's, you know, um, I take it every day. I have, you know, those bigger goals and everything. I think the main thing right now is I am working on a new record. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is what I want to accomplish and get done and put out there. Cause a lot of what I have out there is a lot of duets and a lot of people don't have any original music since I think like 2016 was the last time I released <laughs> a single. Uh, so it's been, it's been a long minute and a lot has happened. Um, but I'm excited about it all. This record that we're working on is very vulnerable. And uh, again, you'll get to kind of see a side of me. I think that, you know, a lot of people don't get to. Um, One of the songs specifically is one of the most vulnerable songs I've ever written about my life. And um, so I'm pretty, pretty pumped about releasing it and letting the fans, you know get an inside scoop on my life. <laughs> how, how hard is it for you as a, as a personality that, that folks have seen on the screen, listened to on the radio, how hard is it for you to, to tear back the layers and let, let folks see the real you? Uh-huh. Is that get Is it get easier with time or is it make, are you a little more guarded the older you get? You know, when I think about it, I don't know if it's my personality but I tend to be an open book in general. You know, I, I believe we, people are meant to have one another and we're all going through hard times in our lives. We're going through great times in our lives and to be able to share that with one another. Um, so I don't, I guess it depends on when I meet somebody, the kind of feel that I get from them, whether it's cool to be like, here's my life and here's my stories. And, you know, and some people just, you can tell they're like, I don't, I don't care, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I am, I'm an open book in general. So yes, though, on a bigger level, it for sure is, is, it's not the easiest thing, um, 
I have talks with myself all the time about you're doing this for the right reasons, you know, and, and even just performing some of the songs that I have on this next record uh, for audiences. I get nervous for sure. Cause it's, it is, it's hard to be vulnerable. And that's the same thing with going into a writing session. Um, in order to write great songs, you have to peel back the layers and you have to be vulnerable or you just kind of get to me is what is like cheesy, generic country songs, you know, and, and that's okay if you want to do that. And that's like what, it, you know, but for me, I have been given this gift for a reason and to use it to help people um, is my main goal at the end of the day. Um, so I just love people. And I think sometimes maybe at the detriment of myself, but that's okay. If you learn the balance, (laughs) you learn the balance of that. So, um, yeah, it is really such a thing that I, I want people to know that I'm not perfect either. I think as an artist, you can be put on such a big pedestal. Mm Um, and that's my thing is I'm like, Hey man, don't do that. Cause I will fall. I will fall off that pedestal because I'm not perfect. <laughs> yep, that's right. And, uh, and that's no excuse to, you know, to make mistakes or anything, mm-hmm. but it is something that I recognize and want people to kind of understand. And, and just because I think that's relatable as well for, for people to go, you know, I can do what she's doing. You know, I don't have to be this perfect image of something. Um, Yeah. Now, how much of a change is that from young Mary when you first came in? It's a lot. I've done a lot of like self-awareness. I think Mm -hmm. maybe COVID definitely happened uh, to everyone with self-awareness and encouraging that. And uh, so younger me, I think at the time was just kind of doing things to do things. Um, Older me now has recognized a bit of more of the purpose and the why and Mm. Um, the meaning behind things. Um, I even think with the record bridges that I did, um, I loved every moment, but I was young, you know? So I, I look back now and I appreciate it so much more. Um, I think when I was young, it was kind of like, Oh, yay, Dolly Parton. And oh, yay, Willie Nelson. And you know, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe I get to do this. (laughs) Every day is going to be this way, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I was very thankful. Don't get me wrong. And with the voice and everything, but to look back and just, um, appreciate it a whole lot more, I guess, as I'm older and, uh, getting to share, I guess, those stories with my child too, Mm. of, you know, what I've been able to accomplish and at such a young age and let that be an encouragement to her. Um, yeah, that's, it's, it's, uh, I've changed a lot, I think. And I've been able to watch you change from, from a distance. I mean, I remember how, how young were you when you first came? When was Bridges? How, how old were you? Yeah. So I released, I was probably 18 when I came to see you. Yeah. Eight Mm -hmm. years ago. Where does the time go? I don't know. <laughs> Freaks me out some days when I think about that too much. <laughs> now, how how much different it, was it the first time you got to get back on a stage in front of people? How how were the butterflies oh. the first time back? I'll tell you, I was like way way nervous because I think <laughs> as an artist, you're like, well. I've been out of work for a while, you know, do I know how to do it? <laughs> and, and with that, you know, you can prepare and everything, but there's, I can't hire an audience every single time to practice in front of, you know? Um, but it really getting back up there made me realize just as much that I am meant to be on stage. And it's something that I really love and adore. Uh, it's probably the most, as far as like what drives me, mm. um, 
I love to write. Don't get me wrong. That's awesome. But I really, I grew up as a performer first. I started in performing with kids bop. So that, um, that definitely is instilled in me. I mean, sometimes it's so funny because especially during COVID, but my, uh, my parents used to say, uh, or they would just call me up and I'd be having just a terrible day or something. And, and they'd be like, how long has it been since you've performed? <laughs> <laughs> and it's almost like a medication for me mm-hmm. in a way, you know, I love it. And I love to be up there on stage. So, um, I'm just thankful. It came naturally that first time too, which was really, uh, once I got done, I was like, okay, no need to worry. This is just what you do. <laughs> I've got a calling. That's for sure. Yes, 100%. And I'm very extremely thankful. I mean, I, I wake up every day and just thank the Lord that he has given me this voice. So, mm-hmm. Now, what's uh, what's the next step for you? What's, what's the next show that you got to play? Yeah, so it's going to be in Houston. Um, it's on the 21st of December here. And it's... Uh, I'm happy to be back home. It's been a minute since I played a Texas show. So it's, uh, it's one for the books and, um, we're going to do some Christmas songs, but I think, um, as well, my significant other, Mitch, Mm -hmm. he's going to get up there and play some with me too, which he's an incredible songwriter. Um, and, uh, we're kind of going to bring a little bit of Nashville to Texas because we're going to do it like a writer's round here Mm, when we do it in Nashville, where we go back and forth with songs, tell stories, really let the audience get to know us a lot more. Um, and yeah, yeah, so it's on the 21st, and uh, you can check that out on my website, which is marysarah.com. That's cool. Now, how much has Nashville played in the maturation of Mary Sarah? Oh, ten, I've been here for 10 years. Wow. So that's crazy <laughs> to think about. I do not feel like it's been 10 years. Um, it is pretty wild, too, uh, have been like being here for so long like running into people in town and they're like, Oh yeah, I just moved here six months ago. And they're like, when, when did you get to Nashville? And I'm like, (laughs) 10 years ago. (laughs) No, but it really, um, I love Nashville. Um, I, I love Texas and I would love to be there, but really Nashville is where I feel I'm, I'm meant to be at least for right now. Um, and just the writing world here is huge and there's so many opportunities for that. And I, I think at the end of the day, it, it it's down to the song. Um, and so that's what I'm excited about in these next coming weeks and months here of just continuing to build the record that we're working on. So we've got about four, maybe five songs for the record. I, I think I want to do about seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's my lucky number. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, Nashville has been beautiful. It was hard at first, I think. Um, cause you come to a city with a lot of musicians and a lot of artists and you're just kind of in this big pool of people. <laughs> and, uh, and so the thing I've learned the most, I think is to, first off, you cannot please everybody. So let that go mm-hmm. and um, just be yourself because you can tell who is trying too hard. Yeah. And I think early on I was trying too hard, but it was out of fear. You mm-hmm. know, it was out of wanting to be accepted um, in a city that is full, like I said, full of full of people doing what you're doing. So, um, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing I've learned. That's cool. Well, Mary, I always want to make sure and and let our folks know where they can find more info about uh, the new music, the upcoming music, tour dates, social media, TikTok, everything. All the things. So um, <laughs> if you want to find me on my 
uh, actual website. It's marysarah.com. Um, you can also go to my Instagram, which is Mary Sarah Music. Twitter and Facebook, all Mary Sarah music. Uh, if you want to follow me on Snapchat, it's Mary Sarah snaps. Um, and then if you want to follow my music, just type in Mary Sarah uh, into Spotify, Apple music, Amazon. It's, it's everywhere. So you can, you can find me there. There you go. Well, Mary, it is always great to see you. It, it's been too Thank long. You, it's been too long. I know. I know. We need to do this more often. I like <laughs> just love chatting with you. <laughs> it's it's always good to see you. I wish you a very Merry Christmas and uh, enjoy it with that little one. Oh, thank you. Same to you and your family. And uh, we'll be chatting soon, hopefully. Well, thanks again for joining us for this 160th episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. If you ever have a comment, a question, or maybe anything else you'd like to know, you can hit me up on the contact page at gqwithcam.com. You can also find me on social media, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook, all at gqwithcam. If you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast, you can visit the merch store where we've got hoodies, shirts, mugs, tumblers, stickers, backpacks, lots more. That's gqwithcam.com forward slash shop. And if you have a special guest idea, just email me, Cameron at gqwithcam.com. Well, we do want to say thanks again to our good friend, Brandon Allen, for coming up with our theme music. We're going to let him play us out and hope you guys have a great rest of your evening.